understands about the tone after that mess. There is no mistaking, obviously, something is going on in that community. We don't know what, but we can rest assured that he's probably fed up with people gossiping. Or as Bishop Will Willimon says, it's not gossip, it's vital information. <laughs> and don't we all think that's what gossip is? We thrive on it. That's why water coolers were invented, I think. So that we could have a place to sort of tell someone, hey, don't tell anyone but. And five people later, hey, don't tell anyone but. It is the one thing we love. But we've had enough of James, at least for today. Because I wanted to focus on discipleship and what does that mean. When Jesus and the disciples are on their way going to Caesarea Philippi, they are going right into the heart of pagan territory. In the middle of the city is a huge temple which was built to honor the emperor. So Jesus wanted to make sure that he knew who was on his side before he got there, asks the question, who do you say I am? And we know Elijah, John the Baptist, but he says to the disciples, you know what, who do you say that I am? Because at that moment, Jesus is looking for them to stake their claim. Who is it they're going to follow on that road to the cross? They don't know what is around the bend, but Jesus certainly knows, and he understands and hears the gospel that is going around about him. And as we know, there's nothing better than knocking somebody down a peg or two, because it only makes ourselves feel better. So when the disciples pledged to follow him, he must know the back of his mind that they're not really going to. But discipleship in our vernacular means following Jesus. Not just as the disciples did. But when it gets tough and life gets rough, we don't fall away like the disciples did. Hopefully. We keep coming back day after day. But what does it mean to be a disciple of God? Roman Williams wrote a very interesting book called The Disciples. The first chapter, he talks about what discipleship means for, for us. And there are two things we are aware. I'll just do that one first. We are aware. We are aware that God in, breaks in at any moment, at any time. We look for the small things, not the huge thunderclaps, but the flower that pokes out of the snow. We look for and pay attention to all the ways that God is speaking to us. Just like with Elijah, it's not in the windstorm, it's in the quiet whisper. So that's one piece of discipleship. The other piece of discipleship is that we constantly keep looking, learning, excuse me, we constantly keep learning about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we do that by coming together on Sundays. But we also do it in our own private study and prayer, taking part in events that happen in the church, 
becoming a part of this family, this community, helping out, assisting others. But that's not just what it is, because if it was all about giving everything away, we'd have nothing for ourselves. So it's also about being willing to take the time to pray, to talk to people that think and feel like we do, that we believe in the risen Christ. Now when I say think and believe like we do, I know that there are people in here who believe a whole host of different things, politically, emotionally, morally, but we don't let that get in the way. We allow ourselves to suspend those disagreements because we know that we agree on one thing, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And we come together around that. A few years ago, Mark McDonald came to the Diocese of Michigan and gave a, a two-day presentation. It was called The Household of Jesus Christ. And he talked about when Native American, because that's um, minister to Native Americans, when he went to a, a church that was Native American and they had a, a service or a study group, he said they put the gospel in the sacred circle so that the people would remember why they were there and who they were serving. I thought that was such a beautiful metaphor for how we can all live our lives. Everything we do, the gospel is in the sacred, sacred circle of our lives. And we focus on those things rather than the places where we disagree. It makes life a lot easier, at least here. But we also know that there are people in the world that would prefer that we not be free. People in the world who would prefer that we not be allowed to worship our God in the way that we would like. And yesterday, on the 20th anniversary of September 11th, we were reminded of that. That there are people in the world that hate our freedom and hate us because of it. I wasn't going to talk about September 11th, but I turned on morning prayer from Canterbury Cathedral. And my life coach teases me because she calls the dean my soul crush, because I just think he's the bee's knees. And he gave a wonderful meditation. It, the service, of course, focused on September 11th, and he used different writers, Ian McEwen, to talk about what it was like September 12th. But he also had an anonymous quote, and I'm sure you've probably all heard it. I didn't hear it until yesterday. And he read the quote at length, which was, on this day, 20 years ago, 246 people went to sleep in preparation for their morning flights. 2,997 people went to sleep in preparation for work in the morning. 343 firefighters went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift. 60 police officers went to sleep in preparation for morning patrol. Eight paramedics went to sleep in preparation for the morning shift. None of them saw past 10 a.m. on September 11, 2001. 
preparation for your life tomorrow. Kiss the ones you love. Snuggle a little, little tighter. And may it never take one second of your life for granted. To me, that's what true discipleship really is. It is to constantly be reminded that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. That we will always be one hair's breadth away from death, no matter how much we try to believe we are not. And how much we have to remember and care for the ones that we love. And hold them a little bit tighter. Something that I know I forget often in the busyness of life. When things seem to be all higgledy piggledy, And I don't take the time to really think about what's important to me. The House of Bishops then issued a statement that was read out. Which says, the mission of the church is about peace and the transformation of the human heart, beginning with our own. That is what, also what discipleship is. We are transformed by our relationships with one another, but we are also transformed by what we do, how we speak, what we think, what we read, and, and how we study. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll pick up a book, and I'll start to read it, and I'll think to myself, this makes absolutely no sense to me. So I guess I must just be an idiot. A lot of smart people in the world, and I'm not one. So after I've chastised myself for a couple of days, I put the book aside, and I'll pull it out again, maybe in a year, year and a half, and suddenly it all makes sense. I begin to understand what the writer is saying. Because somewhere in my life, I've been transformed by God, by you, by this place. We are so fortunate to have one another. We are so fortunate to have a faith that encourages us to plumb the depths of our doubts and our fears and our joys. It's a faith that is constantly evolving and transforming, and that's what keeps us alive. We are not static. Nothing stays the same. You're not the person you were the day before, and you won't be tomorrow. But you can rest assured that what you take away from today will hopefully see what you harvest tomorrow. Amen. Amen.